Hey, community fans, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, consider backing me on Patreon and becoming a patron uh, for as little as two bucks a month. It is really helpful for me uh, to keep things going and uh, keep the podcast moving forward. Thanks. Bye-bye. Welcome to a very special episode of Six Seasons in a Podcast. Uh, it's special for a few reasons. You're going to hear a few voices. First of all, I actually have a co-host this week. Uh, you know Jen from the Community Rewatch Podcast. She's been on this podcast. She asked great questions. And I wanted to share in this opportunity to meet one of our heroes, Ken Jung. I just introduced you before I meant to introduce <laughs> you. So the second reason is Ken Jung. Uh, he is an incredibly funny man. I remember watching him in Knocked Up and going... That's a really funny doctor. Why is this doctor so funny in in this show, this uh, movie? Um, but community fans will know him as Ben Chang, Senor Chang. Welcome to Six Seasons in a Podcast, Mr. Ken Jeong. Oh, I know. Thank you for having me. Really, I, I really appreciate. Uh, I mean, honestly, it is people like you that keep the show alive, and uh, you know, it's it's it, it, it. I think for I can speak on behalf of. Um, of of all of us you know our our lives are greatly affected by by community and it's it's truly one of the greatest joys of uh you know of of my life as well as my career well we're happy to have you here and just you know we live in these great these crazy times how are you and your family doing in these end of days um (laughs) we are uh uh, is that Just a reference like to uh, episode, I believe, five or six? <laughs> yes. Second season, right. <laughs> the, the uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> the days. Um, yeah, it. You know, just like everybody else, we're practicing social distancing, keeping ourselves isolated, and um, and uh, really, I, you know, I try not to leave the house at all, and um, you know, I always joke around. I'm uh, honestly, I've been. I've been social distancing um, maybe for the last 10 years as a celebrity. So I don't think this is anything new to me. This is a Friday. So I'm not really, uh, uh, really doing anything out of the ordinary right now. Just kind of Greta garboing it myself right now. Uh, Do you, uh, you, are you into any, some kind of comfort entertainment? Are you binging something or you're doing a podcast? So that's some, uh, uh, taking up some of your time. That really was the impetus, really, because um, doing Joel and I had been talking about doing a podcast for a while, and we were doing uh, a lot of individual projects, and we just couldn't, we just didn't have the bandwidth to get it going. But um, I, you know, as soon as here in California, the beginning of March, uh, as soon as soon as the stay at home, you know, took place. You know, we started talking about it, and um, I, I really give Joel a lot all the credit because he would text me. So when are we gonna do the podcast? You know, we got to do it now, and and um, and I'm like, yeah, of course we should. And uh, it just it, it, we just it just took up from there because we yeah within days I talked to the producer um, that Joel had been talking to. He also his name is Andrew Hobson. He is amazing. I just got off the phone with him right now because I'm in the process of, of editing our podcast, <laughs> our second episode, <laughs> as we as we record this. And um, it, it, you know, it really is. Um, 
it's been such a learning curve, man. It just, it's, this is hard. And, uh, and we're doing it remotely and we, I've never met our producer <laughs> in person. Yeah. So we're doing everything remotely and, um, and we're doing it very, uh, bare bones where we just wanted to do it a, a, a really grassroots and just try to, we want to do it because we, we, we love doing it. We're really doing it as an outlet. And, and for us, it's more than, a community podcast for and Joel and I had discussed that we we didn't want it to be only community because they're great podcasts like both of yours that serve that I you know I think that we also Joel and I have um, we've worked together in in many formats I mean he's he's been on the Mass Singer a lot of times a show that yes, I'm on has. and then love it and then all yeah and then uh I, I've been on the soup many times when he was hosting it and then uh we, we both do stand-up comedy and we've co-headlined shows on the road last year so um our our paths cross a lot and uh um you must hate yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to be like, you guys are really great frenemies. Like, yeah, we're really great. And well, we, and I think that's what me and Joel discovered on the Mass Singer, where the first time he was on it, he we just got a kick out of him just really just ragging on me, and just and and we were so happy that the show kept it kept a lot of our our insults. We didn't think any of it would make it to air. And, um, and I give the producers of the mass singer a lot of credit. They're like, it's just so obvious your friendship comes through with all the jokes because you can only roast the ones you love, you yeah. know, and it gave it an even more familial feel. And, uh, and Joel is so quick witted and we're really, um, we're really like marveling at our, kind of unscripted relationship you know we really have a great chemistry not only on scripted projects like community but just um just even on a podcast and even when doing talk shows we really have a good chemistry together and uh it's and it, it's very unique and so we're able to savage each other you know <laughs> i mean we go for the jugular i was gonna say you dish it back like I dish he, it, oh. he might dish it out to you but you dish it back yeah, too <laughs> i know I, I we just did um we just did a a segment for another uh another project and we we just we just tear into each other it is it really is like a like a roast every week with us and uh and we've always been like that even on community even in between takes, can uh, like Joe would just um, I don't know. We 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 just would have a go at each other, and we just make ourselves laugh. And uh, and it's just so cool that we're able to do that on on a podcast where um, we're able to you know able to kind of explore our own kind of dynamic and relationship. We both people do kids and. Our lifestyles and philosophies are surprisingly very similar. So, um, so we get along in, in many aspects, even outside the show. So it's really cool to kind of embody a lot of aspects. You know, we want to have guests on the podcast that, uh, you know, that aren't necessarily involved with community. And then we also want to talk to family, like, uh, like right now we're, we're working on the podcast where we had Andrew Yang as a guest and then we, um, had Gillian, you know, uh, yep. it's just called Gillian. And, uh, so I, it, right now we're evolving the format. We'd like to keep including, you know, both elements of 
things outside of community and within, you know. That's great. Let's um let's talk a little bit about uh, uh you know your history, your path um because I'd love to know uh like maybe let's start with what are your favorite shows growing up? This will help us understand who Ken Jeong is. Yeah, as a as early as I can remember, I mean, I was a big SNL fan when I was a kid and you know, even when I was in elementary school, I'd watch like Belushi and like the, at the tail end of that and Eddie Murphy. And, uh, then when I got older, you know, the, the Dana Carvey, John Lovitz years. So I always just loved comedy. There's a great scene in Freaks and Geeks, that TV show where Martin Starr's character is just having, you know, having a, a grilled cheese sandwich and just watching Gary Shandling, you know, yeah. that, you know, I was watching early Letterman as a kid. So, I always just love comedy, but I was, I had never done, uh, comedy or acting. I was pre, you know, I was, uh, you know, I, I, I was pre-med. I went to Duke and I was, you know, I, I, my path was to go into academics, but I had a lot of friends at Duke that, you know, we had the same interest in comedy. So even when I was in college, I, you know, I, it didn't really dawn on me, um, that I could uh, have a career in entertainment until I took my first acting class in um, my sophomore year. I took an intro to acting class and that's where I got the acting bud bug. And uh, it's a very, very, very circular path on how I got into the business. But long story short, I got into med school, but I still had a need to do some sort of performing. So I got into stand up. And I just kept that up while it, while in my medical training. And somewhere along the way, I won a stand up comedy contest where the winner gets to go to Hollywood and perform at the improv in Hollywood. Mm. And, and I made some connections there. And by the time I finished my medical training, I actually moved out to LA and practiced medicine part time and then later full time. And I all the while, like secretly hoping maybe I could do some comedy, you know, on a national basis and then maybe go into acting. And that's really what happened. And yeah. I, I did stand up comedy and I got on Comedy Central and BET's Comic View. Nice. And, uh, that was, uh, they got an agent and that agent, um, knew of my passion to get into acting and he got me on, um, my favorite, uh, guest starring role ever is still the office. And that was back in 05 where I auditioned to, um, and got the part of, um, one of Michael Scott's <laughs> improv students. And that was before the office became a huge hit. And I was really lucky that I got that part before it became this huge hit, you know, and, um, cause I was a big fan of the BBC office, uh, of Ricky Gervais. And I, I knew the tone of that show and um, I really think that jumpstarted my career, even though it, it, not many people remember that role. But I, that led to me getting an audition for Knocked Up. It was the same casting rec- director. Her okay. name is Allison Jones, who has casted all the great comedies um, any, from Veep um, to all of Judd Apatow's comedies, Will Ferrell's comedies, you know, uh, The Office. So she it really is a. I give her a lot of credit in my career um, where uh, she also got me on Curb Your Enthusiasm and uh, but most importantly got me on Knocked Up 
and and Judd really took a liking to me and I he really discovered me and got me um he got me into a lot of his movies like Pineapple Express, Step Brothers. He even got me parts on uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall and and Drillbit Taylor, but those fell out of I, I actually, but I couldn't do forgetting Sarah Marshall because I was busy doing his other movie Pineapple Express. So Judd really took care of me, where I was getting a lot of acting. Uh, really, I, I was my name was out there because Judd put me in literally five of his movies, mm. and and to this day I'll get like a residual check from Drillbit Taylor with Owen Wilson, and I wasn't even in that movie. And he had written a part for me and I couldn't, I just couldn't do the movie. And I remember, um, I still get like some sort of 29 cent residual check, you know, (laughs) and, uh, but it really is uh, a keepsake for me because that like, if it wasn't for people like Judd Apatow, Allison Jones and my agent who is now my manager, he is. So I still, I've been working with him for, uh, going over 17 years. So, um, if it wasn't for those three individuals, um, I don't really don't know if I'd have a career, you know, um, in, in terms of getting into the business. And, um, and it, it was Dan Harmon who saw my outtakes on Knocked Up Judd at that time, right when YouTube was in its infancy, he decided to show outtakes of Knocked Up. Like Jonah Hill, um, had this famous outtake where he's improvising for 10 minutes and, uh, uh, and he also released one of my outtakes and that went viral at that time in 07, 08. And Dan Harmon saw that outtake and wrote the part of Senior Chang kind of based on the outtake version of mm-hmm. Dr. Cooney and Knocked Up. Mm-hmm. And he, they had offered me, uh, I think five episodes of the first season of Community once it got greenlit to series. I wasn't in the pilot. Ironically, right. I was I was actually on a I don't know I don't think anyone knows this I was on a competing pilot on NBC <laughs> to Community and it was called Off Duty and it had a lot of uh, amazing people like Jason Mansukas who later appeared on Community oh, season yeah. six he wrote that pilot huh. and Bradley Whitford and yeah. was the lead Romney <laughs> Malco was in it wow. it was an insane cast and. Um, uh, they, uh, uh, Jessica St. Clair, is that her name? Uh, I believe she's a comedic, great comedic actress. Um, and it was, it, it, it was, uh, it, it I, I was, I was, I remember watching the pilot of community thinking to myself, um, because as actors in LA, we get kind of access, you know, <laughs> underground access to competing pilots. And I watched that pilot and I was like, oh, that's going, that's going to go. That's brilliant. You know, yeah. and it, it it the colors of it, the look of it, it was uh, it it was brilliant. And I said, "That's, I mean, that that that's money." And then um, and then The Hangover came out that year, and I'd done that movie in '08, and um, and that came out and became this unexpected hit. And so I I around that never, time never I heard of it. The Hangover. Yeah, <laughs> never heard of The Hangover. Exactly, <laughs> no. and then the trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then I had a, um, and I think because of that, um, that's where it, it, the hangover came out at the time where community was greenlit as a series, uh, on NBC and Dan and Dan and NBC offered me a five episode recurring gig of senior Chang hmm. and which I immediately took. And then, um, later one thing led to another and we get a call from NBC just going, 
you know what? Do you just want to want to just be a series regular on it? And um, and it was uh, I I just couldn't believe it. And yeah. so I was kind of let me think about this. Like I'm married, father of two. I don't have a job, and I'm on you know and. Um, you're you're literally offering me to be a series regular on what I think is going to be this groundbreaking comedy on Thursday nights on NBC. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like ridiculous. And uh, um, it it was it was funny though because I, it's funny. I talked to Angela Kinsey of The Office. We we just happened to do a movie together at that same time, and I had asked her what she thinks about that, and because I was. Having a, a, a bit of a movie career and, and I was getting a lot of offers and a lot of, a lot of work. And so there was a bit of like availability, like, you know, what, how do I do this? And, um, and Angela said, just look at Steve Carell, look at Ed Helms, who I did the hangover with. And, yeah. you know, they're all, you can have your cake and eat it too. And yeah. That's kind of what happened. Yeah. I, 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 I took a leap of faith, got on community and was still able to, somehow managed to do hangover two and hangover three while shooting community. It was, it was an insane trippy time, man. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know how I did it. I, I, I don't, and, and I'm very grateful to community for allowing me to do it. So, um, but it really, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 I've been beyond blessed. Yeah. What's a, a blessing of, of when we have a bunch of questions that are lined up and, and our guest goes, <laughs> Answers them all, and we just sit there and go, yeah, I don't have to ask that one. I'm sitting here scrolling through our Google Doc. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. yep. Awesome. (laughs) So it's so funny because me and Joel try to do that on our podcast, and we would just give 30-minute answers to three questions. (laughs) And so on the second podcast, I was like, I don't know if I can even do any questions. I Maybe I do like a – Maybe I do like a, a question, a Q and A, just one Q and A podcast, no guests, and just me and Joel go over. <laughs> or, or maybe we get someone from community, you know, like friends of ours to help answer the yeah. help yeah. answer the questions and get because uh, you know you're only getting it from a Chang Winger perspective, and <laughs> yeah. those are very inaccurate because <laughs> Joel doesn't have a great memory, and I have a fairly good memory, but I, I really. Um, but I wasn't in a lot of the, you know, I wasn't around in those study group scenes. Yeah. So I, I think other cast members will have a much better accurate representation of what went on. Yeah. I was going to ask, um, before we dive deeper into community, uh, you mentioned a mass singer that uh, Martin Short is one of your comedic idols. Do you have any others? I mean, or, or can we just spend a second to talk about Martin Short? Because he, too, is uh, essential to my uh trio of uh, Steve Martin and Chevy Chase, Martin Short, um, wow. Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, I recently just met him at a benefit and um, I was, and he knew all about, <laughs> he knew about, I never met him prior to that. And, uh, and I was telling, and he knew all, he goes, yeah, I know you're talking about the mass Singer thing. <laughs> it, is me. it was like, uh, talk to Paul about it. And, uh, I, you know, he is one of my idols growing up yeah. as a kid. I loved him on SNL, on sec- on SCTV, and and obviously all of his movies, Three Amigos. It it, uh, it goes on even even when he was a guest on NBC's Letterman. Like there was never a better guest than mm-hmm. Steve Martin or Martin Short. I, I I would videotape those. I would VHS that and have those segments like memorized. So he, he was just a huge 
figure in my worldview. You know, he was so so physically funny and so physically gifted with his comedy. But I think what I, I think what goes very underrated was how quick witted he was. You know, I mean, just incredibly quick witted. And I think when you combine those two gifts. Um, is he's unstoppable, yeah. and he just had a he just had a point of view, a specificity of him that uh, really can't be duplicated. I just admired. I, I I do feel that my performance is all about energy, and whether it's doing something physical like uh, living in an air vent as Chang, or or <laughs> uh, you know, or or doing something. Or really doing, you know, doing something more um, mentally, mentally witty, you know, on the mass singer, just trying to come up with with mental, you know, with mental energy, you yeah. know, because um, that's not, you know, I know not exactly doing any acting. Who this is? Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> you know, love they it. really, they have. Uh, what was amazing to me, they that was it's funny. You you talk about uh, Martin because. The one of the the producers, Craig Plestis, the main executive producer of The Mass Singer, when he saw the love in my voice when I was mentioning Martin Short, and I was convinced that the skeleton was Martin Short the whole time, mm-hmm. and then I was convinced another contestant was Martin Short. I <laughs> like I really want Martin Short to be on the show, and and that's true. I really I really felt that um, you know maybe he. Maybe I had this fantasy in my head where, well, maybe he had he talked to Paul Schaefer and Paul talked about what a great time he had on it, and so he's like, yeah. ah, I should do it." Just and they talked to Bjork. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, and then, thank you for being Mass Singer fans, by the way. I really, I, I, I really I can't appreciate tell you. it. Brings that. my wife and I together. We, she, we, she's not. A, I can't. I had to say it, but she's not a huge Community fan, but. When we watch Mass Singer, the, the, there is bliss in my home. So thank you, it, Ken. Th- no, thank you. It really is the, it, it, you know, it, it, it's been the the biggest surprise hit of my career. You know, again, yeah. a, a lot like a lot of um, things I've been a part of, you, you just never know what's going to hit or what's going to have an impact. And um, I've had, and especially this season, I've I've had so many. I've had so many fun moments on that show where like with the Bjork runner last year, I was like, they're not going to keep like sometimes they'll edit out, you know, they'll, they'll be for time. You have to edit out, edit out some stuff. And I just doubled down and I was just like, guys, I, I I see no reason why this isn't Bjork, you know, I mean, it makes us all sense. And I just went to town on it and I, it, it it was it was it was like almost subversive what I was doing. <laughs> it was just it was just kind of like I it just made me even this season. Uh, it actually it actually just made me la- like because a lot of that's just improvised and like this season with Nick Cannon, how I was talking about how uh, 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 one of the one of the contestants, I think the mouse was Tina Turner. And it was, I think it turned out to be Dion Warwick and, uh, yeah. and I, and me and Nick Cannon get into a legit argument about like why, cause I thought it could have been Tina Turner. And then, <laughs> and then I'm, and then I'm improvising all the clue package. Well, Tina Turner, it, she's a family friend and G- Nick's like, he is, she, she is not. I'm like, look it up. <laughs> look it up. That's my answer to everything. And. She's a family friend. She loves wine and cheese. She was my plus one at a recent party. <laughs> that was all like off the cuff. And he was where? He was at Costco in the Valley. And he's like, 
Why would Tina Turner be a guest of yours at a at a wine and cheese party at Costco? Because she's not a member, Nick. You know, God, <laughs> yeah, it was a great, it yeah. was a great bit. It's just it. a stupid, stupid runner, and they included all of it. God bless them. And uh, and Joel, Joel and I, and Joel's so into it too. And um, my family, yeah, that's appointment viewing for my family right now. So it's uh, it's a lot of. It's a lot of fun, but to have, uh, and we have Yvette Nicole Brown. I believe she's coming up in a couple of weeks. So needless to say, on any project that I'm a part of, I always try to get community friends in. Great. I, I always pitch them on everything, to well, be honest. Well, well, yeah, and uh, it's, I can tell the love that's there. And, and so let's uh, dive into this. Uh, so yeah. Jen, Jen can ask some questions. <laughs> I can ask some questions. Um, sorry, Jen. You, you. No, I am. I love listening okay, okay. too. I'm just enjoying. I know. All of well, this. he he answered your the questions you were going <laughs> to ask, but so I feel bad. So let's really uh, ask the one question, um, and that is, why do you teach Spanish? <laughs> why you? Why you? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so funny. I didn't, you know, I my one of my acting mentors uh, is from Honduras, and she would give me, um, and that first season would give me some like Spanish advice. And uh, I would go over some of the script with her ahead of time. And especially that first season, um, you know, that first episode that I was in, Spanish 101, that was um, – I, I really didn't know – since I wasn't in the pilot, I really didn't know the show or I didn't know anything about the show um, in terms of tone – you know, how, how to approach it as an actor. So I kind of just did my, you know, my improv thing, you know, especially that first episode that I was in. And I, it, needless to say, it was, it was definitely a learning curve for me because I was improvising a lot of that in the beginning. And, and, and you realize that, um, and it's funny, Joe Russo was the director and he had directed, um, now obviously he's moved on to directing Avengers movies, you know, and, and he's a good friend of I mine. I never heard of that. Yeah, I never heard of that. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Avengers like the, the four biggest Marvel movies, you know, in history. And, um, to his credit, he just let me, he just let me do my thing. And knowing that a lot of that would be cut and Dan, Harmon years later told me, he goes, I have to admit, when I saw you, when, when I saw you just improvise, uh, I was furious because, you know, that's not how you do it in television. Mm. You really don't, you don't have the time, you know, on movies, you have a bit more time. And so, um, and to go back to, um, senior Chang's monologue, um, that was really, that was really the first and last time I ever improvised like that, you know, on, on community because, uh, really Joe, Russo and Anthony and Dan, they kind of showed me the ropes on television acting. And um, I really, you know, I, I, I really, I, to this day, I, I, I am so grateful for that because um, having my own show, Dr. Ken, I didn't like a lot of actors improvising either. <laughs> you just don't, you don't, yeah. So you just don't have the time, man. <laughs> and so sometimes there's some guest stars that would improvise on Dr. Ken and I, you know, and I was very polite and, you know, um, you know, uh, on set, but inside I'm like, what are you doing, man? I, dude, I don't have, we're going to run overtime, dude. You know, so it, I, if anything, I give Dan and the Russos all the credit in the world for being so patient with me because even on my own show, yeah. 
I exercised less patience and tolerance. <laughs> and, um, but, but really I, 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 because of community, I learned the importance of pacing and even doing a line in television in general, something like community, um, or scripted TV. You can't go pregnant with a pause. Sometimes on movies you can do that and, uh, and they can kind of work around that and almost pivot a plot point based on some pauses. You don't have time on a half hour scripted show, especially in broadcast standards where you got to deliver 21 minutes and th- 30 seconds of content of like 40 pages of script. It's really hard. So, um, needless to say, they're not going to include anything that I do, you know, and I think only, the, and I think that really the only person that got to improvise the most was Donald simply because yeah. he, he's more than just an improviser. He's, he was a writer on 30 Rock for four mm-hmm. seasons, you know? Yeah. He was he was part of that Emmy-winning crew on 30 Rock before he was yeah. winning Emmys for Atlanta. So Dan trusted him to improvise a line because he wouldn't improvise like an actor like me. He would do a well-placed, very tight line that would totally fit that scene. And it was a beauty to watch him, watch him work. And so... And deservedly so, Donald was the only guy that could really kind of nail what they call the blow to a scene. Sometimes the, la- the last line to a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan would entrust Donald to do that. And, and also Jim Rash, because Jim yeah. obviously won an Oscar for writing. So <laughs> I think Donald and Jim were the only people that could responsibly improvise on community. And everybody else, we really, you know, uh, you know, everybody else, we were. You know, we were doing every everything we can just to perform and um, and and follow the story and keep it on track. Yeah, well, and it's funny that that, that monologue is so quoted and loved by fans, and also was the thing that Netflix was using to like. I was on Twitter, and that was the thing that they were using to promote Community was that Spanish one hundred and one monologue. Oh, which no, is I just, saw it, <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I really am so grateful for, yeah. I, you know, it. it I'm 50 years old, all right? I've been in the business for a while now, and I started community a year before. I still had a day job, and you know, or a year and a half before. And so I, I look back. I was a late bloomer in, in show business, and uh, I, I look back, and just to, you know, I, I feel like the rest of my career is a bonus right now. I really do. I feel like I've, I, I've achieved everything I've wanted to achieve and then some. I mean, I, I don't. So, and, and community is a big part of that, you know, so to have, you know, especially right now in these quarantine times, I have community come back on a new platform on Netflix and, you know, it's on front, the front pages of Netflix, you know, it's, it's opening up to a whole new audience and also reopening it up for fans of community from yesteryear. Yeah. It's been, I mean, even the online love I'm getting on just from community, it just brought back so many memories and, uh. I don't know, man. It's such a, I've always said, um, I even said this on my Netflix standup special or, or it might have been, it might have been cut from it, but I said it was, um, I said, I think, no, I, I said that in my standup act right now when I was going on the road before the, uh, before, uh, COVID, I would say if, if the hangover made me famous, community made me a better actor. I learned how to, mm. I learned how to be a better actor. Mm. I learned how to be a good actor because of community, because when you have 
Jim Rash, like I said on my podcast, Jim Rash was like my acting coach, man, you know, mm-hmm. and, and same thing with Gillian and, um, and Allie, all those guys, they just, um, I've taken home certain acting movements, acting philosophies. Um, sometimes the biggest compliment of an actor is when they say you should do theater, which means that you, cause theater is incredibly hard to do and you have to, uh, sacrifice a lot of time and a lot of effort to be on stage. That's really where you, that's really where you get to be a good actor. And mm. to have Gillian and Jonathan Banks and tell me like, you know, you gotta, you gotta go on Broadway and do a play, you know, and to have Bradley Cooper on the hangover, he would tell me that all the time. You gotta go and you gotta, you gotta go and, and do a play. That, that to me is the biggest compliment you can get from an actor, you know, uh, you know, and that, that means that, uh, they see potential in me, you know, that, that I can be a better actor. So, and yeah. Well, and you got a chance uh, with Chang to do a whole kind of different, uh, we had Spanish teacher Chang in season one, and then in season two, he's trying to get into the study group, and then you had him be a straight up villain, and then we had Changnesia and Kevin. Um, So you kind of got a chance to do a whole lot. I think that he, Chang, to me at least, is one of the characters on Community who went through the most significant changes. Uh, Did you have a favorite side of Chang's "Quote unquote crazy" that you liked to play. I I t- my I like elements of all six seasons of Chang to be honest because I I just it to me it gave me a different I I, I kept telling myself you know I have a different character to play every season so mm-hmm. it really it really forced me to expand my range you know and and I wanted to kind of I kind of wanted to fill the visions that they had for me. And, uh, but my favorite memory, one of my favorite moments as an actor ever was during the, the fifth season. It was at the time Donald was about to leave and it was the, um, the bear down for midterms episode. (laughs) And that was my favorite moment as an actor and I think I've told this before at Vulture Fest, but it was, uh, but I think it bears worth repeating. It w- it definitely, you know, at that time, um, you know, I think I was getting burned out on Chang a little bit because he was going the, 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 with the Changnesia, with the up and back. I, I kind of didn't know my character anymore. I hate to talk like that as an actor because it sounds so, um, <laughs> I just sound so you're, you're phony. And, it sounds yeah, so no, phony and pretentious, no, but you know, but, 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 uh, but I, but I, but I was, and I mean, I, I just remember I was joking, um, to Chris McKenney's dear friend of mine, but I was, he was, I think he was writing that episode, I think, but I was like, I was eating a pine cone sandwich and I was like, what am I doing? I was like, I'm a doctor. I, I know like how far my character has come. I, I just, why, why a pine cone sandwich? And then, and then, um, and that was the ass crack bandit episode. And that was also with the churro that was going from my butthole to the oh back gosh. of my head. Yes. It was just, it, it was, it was like, it was, and, and, and I was backwards. walking backwards. <laughs> walking backwards. And I remember, I remember like, I remember getting scolded by the first AD for not hitting my mark. I'm like, that's because <laughs> the back of my head <laughs> can't hit the line. Oh, I'm sorry, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I don't know where that, where, I don't know where to hit my mark. I'm walking backwards, dude. And so all that was going on. So I think there was, I think there was a part of like, you know, who am I at this point? And then I sent an email to Dan and I just said, 
you know, I, 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 I don't mind, uh, I don't mind, I, I, I like community. Yeah, this is a favorite thing I've ever done, man. And I love the show so much. I, I, I would love to try to be more grounded in some way, but it's because I played my character so over the top hard. Um, you know, I know I've kind of fo- forced everybody's hand, you know, to <laughs> write crazy, but I, but I, I, if there's a world where I could do something a bit more grounded, um, not only because it's not just an actory thing, just to show I can act. I don't care about that. I've never, I don't, I don't care about those kind of accolades. And that's never been, that's never what, you know, uh, awards don't drive me, you know, none of that acclaim, none of that acclaim drives me. Um, uh, it, it was my own passion for the show and for my character. And, uh, and I emailed Dan, and I said, I feel like Chang has, he's done his time. He went to jail. He has tried to, um, he, you know, he, 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 he lost his wife. He had a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he, he, he went through so much. And now this season, he's, uh, you know, he's trying to, he's looking for redemption. And mm-hmm. I really think he's trying to get fit in with the gang, but not out of insecurity. Mm-hmm. He's, it's a deeper, there's an emptier void. There's a sadness in him that he's trying to reconcile and he needs to figure out um, how to have peace with himself. It's not just about being in the study group so bad, like in the second season, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. he wants to be a part of life so bad. And so I wrote this email and, uh, and I took a long time writing it because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't writing out of ego, out of an actor's ego. And I, I really, you know, and I even said, I, I don't even have to, I don't have to have anything funny to say. You could write a couple of lines if they were more grounded. And, uh, I, and if I felt, you know, and if that, I felt that that was kind of showing Chang's intention, you know, he could just be in the background of a scene, but just, you know, being grounded, you know, if that, if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And I'm only writing this, um, because I love the show. I'm not writing this because I think this is going to get me to the mm-hmm. next level of my career. I'm not writing out of cynicism, you know, at all. Uh, I'm not writing for an agenda. And um, and I, I was worried about what his response would be. And, you know, because I've, I've never complained like that before, ever on the show. And he immediately sent me the the most heartfelt email I've ever gotten, you know, from anybody in the business. And he said, he said, um, he, in a nutshell, he said, I really, I feel what you're saying and I appreciate your words. And then he said to me, you know, but here's the deal. Donald is about to leave. I'm about to write the hot lava episode. And we're, we shot a couple of these episodes out of order, by the way. And, um, in the fifth season. And so, we, you know, while we're dealing with, uh, we have to deal with the closure of, you know, perhaps, you know, uh, one of the most important characters, you know, uh, of this universe and how to, how to, how to say farewell to that is, is, inc- I mean, for him to lay this out in this email to me and trust me with that. And, and he said, it's just with the ass crack bandit, the reason why we're, you're eating that churro and the <laughs> pine cone sandwich. He goes, it's this David Fincher episode that I'm not sure has any, has any belly laughs. And we just need a couple of, we just need a couple of beats in that, 
because Chang only appears in the beginning and, and, and towards the end. Mm-hmm. We just need a couple of well-placed guttural physical laughs. I just need that so the viewer can laugh while we're trying to tell this story. And it was just at this time I was writing the Dr. Ken pilot. I was writing that. And I knew exactly what he meant. And mm. like I really – if anything, it made me appreciate Chang even more yeah. that I was writing my own uh, pilot script. And I said, of course, you need – you just need that one character that will give you a laugh while you're telling, while you're setting up. Um, I believe that that episode sets up the death of Pierce. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in that first five episodes of the fifth season, and when he was kind of, you know, uh, kind of going over his storylines, I immediately, I, well, I felt bad about complaining because I was like, yeah, you know, I get it. Uh, putting on my producer's hat, you know. That's way more important right now. I mean, we you, those have to be precise. And and he said, "I promise you, um, I will make it up to you in the future. Um, I will uh, I, I will write you a, if you can pretty please eat a pine cone sandwich and a churro for Uncle Dan." He said, "I promise you, I will write you a monologue where you will cry and and you'll have tears, and even your daughters will say, my dad.'" is a good actor mm. or is a great actor and has rage. And I still have the email. And, uh, and so, and then I said to myself, well, I'm not that good an actor. I don't know how to cry on <laughs> <laughs> camera. I'm not, not that good. All right. And, uh, and to that day I'd never cried on camera before. And um, mm. I got the script and the next week, which was the bear down episode and all the Chang's lines were, my words, yeah, I get choked up when I think about it, was my words in that email to Dan. Mm. It was, it was, it was heavy. And he, he, for him to say, I will make you cry. Mm. You, I'll learn you easy. I know how, I know how Chang can cry in this episode. And, and I just, the tears, I'm still actually getting emotional now. I don't know why, mm. but it's like, it, when I read that, when I read that script, it just blew my mind. And then, and then, uh, I think we shot, it was a scene with me, John Oliver, Joe McHale, and Yvette, uh, in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And it was just explaining when you see Chang crying, I'm ugly crying because it's not like that. It's not that Oscar winning tear where mm-hmm. you get that close up and that <laughs> single tear comes down that looks so beautiful. <laughs> And it literally is me ugly crying because I am really crying and I'm talking Mm -hmm. like I'm crying. Mm -hmm. And it's, I tell you, in my career, period, and I've done everything I've ever wanted to do as an actor in my career, that's my favorite scene I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Because it was real. It was the most authentic I've ever been. And it, I tell you, it was that moment that bear down episode, mm. I was like, man, I, you know, Joel actually texted me and was like, man, I've never, I've, that's the best performance I've ever seen you do ever. And it was, it, it was, it was really, that actually gave me the second wind on community as Chang. And, and if anything, that gave Dan more, more wrinkles as well to write for Chang. And Mm -hmm. there was another episode on the fifth season where 
Remember those geography books? Weren't there like theft of books or something? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. They found them in the basement. And then, uh, yeah, they're yeah. they're they're yeah. holding me hostage, and <laughs> and and I'm like saying it very over the top. Please, please don't hurt, don't hurt me. And then Jonathan Banks like, I want you to give a like a grounded assessment, you know, saying that you love biochemistry. I forgot what the books were. He goes, <laughs> I can't do it. Say it. And then I go. <laughs> I love biochemistry. I, I really love it. And it's amazing. And then and then Banks says, cut. And I go, oh, please, please. I go back. And it, it, it made – Dan told me that made him laugh so hard because he was like, okay, Chang's default is him being over the top. And Chang's idea of acting is being grounded <laughs> and nuanced. And, and then Dan wrote for that in season six where oh, Chang yes. full on wants to be an actor. Yes. Like with the Karate Kid episode, which is, again, Such I'd say at the episode. Bear Down for Midterms episode and the Karate Kid episode on a selfish performance only uh, level, for me, Ken Jung, mm-hmm. those were kind of bookends for me because I was I was doing things there that I I have never done before, you know, and then I applied those principles of acting of going to a deeper place, mm. um, I applied those on Dr. Ken and I would write emotional episodes uh, there. And there are times I learned how to cry on cue mm. and on Dr. Ken and I would exercise those moments and it was all because of the bear downs from midterms episode. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So I think of Dan, it, it's weird. Dan doesn't even know this. I don't know if he'll ever hear this, but it's funny now when I think, uh, when I have to cry in a, th- in a scene, I think of Dan's email. It's crazy. Mm. And I think about how much joy that gave me. And then I can, I can cry on cue. <laughs> it's, cra- it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Oh. Yeah. So do you have any other favorite uh, Chang lines or scenes? Um, I really like uh, the birth episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Chang's really involved with, with Shirley and, and you, <laughs> you see, you, well, you see, uh, Oh, I hadn't thought about that for a while. Oh, there's a great story. <laughs> Oh man, where's oh there's a great story um on that episode because Jay uh Chandra Sakar is yep. a director oh, and yeah, he directed yeah. that episode and it didn't make the final cut, but I was saying things to Shirley to calm her down and I was I was saying like happy dancing shrimp or I there was a funny I, there was a word and me and Gillian and uh Danny always uh if any, Gillian and Danny, by the way, have encyclopedic memories of outtakes and lines. It's crazy. They will bring up stuff and I'm like, wow, that, that, mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. That have, and so there was an in joke with me, Gillian and Danny going, oh, you get this happy dancing scrimp. I said scrimp instead of shrimp. <laughs> and then Jay, uh, said to me, he, he he didn't know I was saying that on purpose. I think he, I think he thought that there was either a typo or I couldn't read. <laughs> and he was like, he goes, hey, Ken, uh, I think it's happy dancing shrimp. Would you mind just saying that one time for a camera, please? You know, or something like that. Yeah. And I kept, and then we laughed so hard. And then it was years later, I think when Jay did a season six episode, he explained, cause he, I don't know how it was brought up. He goes, Ken, why did you keep saying happy dancing script for 10 takes? You know, and uh, I said, I forgot. And then I just said, well, we were doing that as some weird in joke. It was making Gillian and Danny laugh. 
And then he goes, oh, if you had told me that, I would have kept it in. <laughs> so it was, I just remember there was like the, that funny, mo- it's funny what an actor remembers in those episodes. And that's what I remember was uh, there's some, there was some monologue where we're delivering Shirley's baby. And uh, there was, uh, that's right. There was a whole, that was John Oliver's, uh, yeah, that was John, the season with John Oliver as an anthropology professor. Yeah. Oh my God. On f- oh. <laughs> If he was not the if he was not the king of late night, he would also be the king of the acting world. People don't realize what an amazing actor John Oliver is. We just watch episodes of Community, you know, seasons one and two and five, where he comes back. Uh, it's there's a scene with John Oliver and Jim Rash on a tag. Do you remember that? Where they're they want to go out. Like John Oliver is asking, can you oh, can yeah, you tell yeah. me where a good place to eat for lunch? Oh. And then Jim goes, I'm on my way. I'll tell you. <laughs> and then John goes, No, I I didn't I didn't mean uh, yet. Oh, and then Jim goes, Oh no, oh oh, it, the whole it's a one minute yep. and a half of just going, Oh no, oh no, but I want to no, I, I'm sorry, no. It was no two actors in in this business could do any better than that. It was insane to watch and um and i think that's why the rewatchability is so high because um the performances are you know are exact and more importantly the writing is just uh it's it's like reading lyrics to a song when people ask me to describe dan Harmon's writing it's like it's to me it's music i think he's i feel like he's writing lyrics Mm -hmm. that that to me is and it's funny one of my daughters is uh uh, yeah, well, both my daughters are big community fans, but one of my daughters noticed a fluidity to Dan's writing of the hot lava episode. Mm. She goes, "Like, what did you got? Did you guys, you know, did you guys hurt your heads from hitting your heads on other people's head? It was some, some. <laughs> it was just a very. And my daughter was ten at the time. She's twelve now. She, for her, she would ask, mm. she would ask me to to replay, rewind, and replay mm. those certain lines that are. And she would say, she would say, she goes, that's so funny. And I was like, and I would tell her, that's, I said, that is a classic Dan Harmon line. Mm -hmm. And then now when she watches Community Now at 12, she, his, Dan's wordsmith, you know, is so impressive, you know. And I, there's a line that John Goodman says about the air conditioning repair. Dean, he goes, he goes, Troy, (laughs) what did he say? The air conditioning repairman repairs man. <laughs> you know, those are the yeah. it's the strength of simplicity of of his yeah. wordplay. I live I live yeah. for those moments as a fan. I live to I live to watch those mm. moments. And yeah. you don't get writing like that anywhere else in in comedy. That's yeah. that's my feeling. Yeah. Well, and also in the the geothermal escapism, one of the things I, that's one of my favorite episodes. I think it's one of the most brilliant, and also the the weaving of the those comedic lines, but then that end, that emotional heart that just tugs you, and I'm sitting there crying to come sail away, you know, oh. like sobbing, uh, is so community to me. It's the, it's that wit, it's that thing, and then all, out of nowhere, you're like, why am I? I'm crying because of these characters and because I love them so much and I feel so much. And that, that to me is one of the the things that I always love. It was hard to watch as a, it was hard to watch as an actor because Mm. it was, I just, I think there was this, we're just worried when you have, you know, 
one of the big stars of the show leave. You just don't, I, I was always worried about the, the void, you know, I, there was just nothing that could fill that. And I felt like that was, it was, it was a hard one to watch. Um, I think when it ran on TV, I only watched it once because I, because mm. it was almost like I didn't know how to process it. But as time went by, when I now because of my kids, I've watched, mm. and one of the reasons like I love your podcast because you know my kids are they make they make me uh, watch all the episodes, you know. So I watched, <laughs> you know, I could probably do a rewatch podcast because I've I've rewatched Join so many. Yeah, I will. I mean, I rewatched so many episodes. Um, uh, more than probably the other cast mm-hmm. members because of my kids. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, that one now in the, in the last two or three years, I can watch that and safely say that's, mm-hmm. Ooh, that's maybe the most emotional community episode ever because it's right up there with the season six finale. Yeah. Um, I was about to say that. They're very emotional and I, and it was really, ah, yeah, it, Mm. And and you could see, it's funny now because I've because I've watched Hot Love so many times now. It's mm. it's I feel like part of it. I feel like Dan was crying while he was writing it. It you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like yeah. I just feel, feel it. it was so intense mm. that uh, and and it was something that I didn't want to. It was it was something that you know. It, we were all kind of unsure what was going to happen. We just got Dan back, but Troy left. It was a lot of, mm-hmm. there was just a lot of, um, I just remember there was just a lot of uncertainty, you know, but, um, and, and there was a feeling of finality. We were like, if this is the end, it was so great to have Dan back. You know, I remember feeling that. And then when we got the Yahoo year, I was like, it, it's the, it's because of the, I, I was convinced it's, it's because of the fans. It certainly wasn't because mm-hmm. of the ratings. And it was because of the fans, they demanded it. And mm-hmm. look, I've had my own show that was canceled. All right. Cancellation re- reboots never happen. Mm-hmm. Rarely. Yeah. But you may be like on one day at a time, you know, that's happened. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's incredibly rare out of the thousands of shows that have been canceled over the last, uh, you know, 50 years. Yeah. I can only think of Family Guy, Community, and One Day at a Time. There are probably others, yeah. but I, I I don't know. Um, so for that to come back was that not only felt like a victory lap, but we're on Yahoo, and we got to go. It <laughs> I like I'm quoting Dan. Got to- the episodes got to be longer, and yeah. the tags could be incredibly imaginative. They were like yeah. tags were like tags were like webisodes. They're amazing, mm-hmm. and that's why season six. I'm so glad. It's on Netflix now because I don't, no one has seen season six and people have to watch that. That is such an underrated gem of a yep. season because, yeah. um, God, I mean, that, that yeah. finale. That finale, oh. I was going to say, when you were talking about emotional stuff, I, it's it's geothermal escapism, which also to go back to the brilliance of the show, a throwaway joke in, what was it, season one in uh, Debate 109, where Troy says, "Am I? why am I crying? Am I listening to Come Sail Away by Styx again? Mm-hmm. And then as Troy's departure, Come Sail Away playing um, oh my, was just so brilliant. That was so a brilliant. line in 109? Yes. It, it was, I didn't. That's, I forgot. This that. is what happens when I rewatch the show. Oh my and God, I, Jen, again, I got to check that out. <laughs> 
<laughs> he says it when Abed shows I him did the, not even the video. That until you brought it's that up. Cr- this is how. This is why I think you are so right in saying like this is why I love this show is because one, it just I love these characters. I love their journeys. I'm a nerd. I love that stuff. I love the writing and being able to track things like that over the season. And I just love the heart that um, emotional. The final se- the series finale yeah. between that and geothermal escapism. Just everyone's stories and riffing on what would a season seven look like and just you can see all the growth that everyone has gone through over the years and all the things that you guys as a cast had had gone through together so that wasn't lost on I think all of us the fans just you know being on social media when the show was pulled from the schedule and when oh it's been gosh, it was back right. on the air just being that, by just the way being that in that fandom third season Yes. Okay. Yes. That felt that's like when a, I started. That felt like a cancellation, right there. No, that's when I started writing about the show was season three, and I Wasn't just there like was a like, campaign to hashtag save community. Yes. Oh, yeah, we. My God. I, I was. I had friends that were running campaigns and hash mobs in in New York City and timeline wearing timeline goatees and uh, tweeting advertisers yes. and flash mobs. Is, right. Yes. Yes. Oh, right outside, and I was. I I literally I think that that's the one thing not everything about the show to me has been just so so foundational it's taught me how to write and think critically about television and how to turn something that's a passion into something that is more than that and but the fans honestly like that being bonded with one another during all of those seasons I have never been part of and I've been part of fandoms for years I've never been part of a group that felt so much like we identified with the characters on the show. We were like, we are small and we're mighty and we're saving this thing that is crazy and weird and we love it so much and we love the people that make it. And that to me, like, and as a fan to to you and to the rest of the cast and the writers, just that was a huge part of just being invested in the show was thank you from the bottom of our hearts for just being that sounding board for us too. And and being like, we feel like the cast and crew are with us in this. And, and they had showed us so so much love and continue to, you know, 10 years later. And I think to me, that's what always makes the show special is that um, I've never been part of another fandom that has felt as much of a family as community has. And so, um, yeah, that that to me is one of the most special things about the show and about the people that made it. I, I think that all I think that all comes from Dan because Dan he will never he, he will never insult he'll he will never insult the audience. Does that make sense? He'll just mm-hmm. never yeah. he'll he'll respect the audience like no other people have had had yeah. respect. And um sometimes on uh Full disclosure, even in television, there's always a lot of debates of, uh, even on, I'll just use Dr. Ken as an example, cause I was behind the scenes there. Um, the, sometimes we would go over storylines and a lot of times if you had a recurring character or a guest star that came from season, from seasons past, you'd kind of, and if it wasn't a big character, you would kind of forget that person's background. And sometimes you would write, you would write new lines, um, you would write new lines that um, may not fit that character. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you just won't respect the the canon of the show. The mm-hmm. you know the and 
that happens in television all the time, even on my show. And I would argue with the writers, the uh, other writers. I was like, dude, it's, you know, we gotta, we gotta keep in so and so and so and so. They're like only one or two people will get it. Some, you know, people would say, I'm like, well, that's, that's my damn point. That's what, and I would all, and they would always roll. I said, I said, community, we do that all the time. You know, they would do, they would do like the black and white, they would do Beetlejuice mm-hmm. references all the time. Yes. So, yep. I mean, you, 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 I, and I, I would sometimes, you know, get in, get on these impassioned soapboxes on Dr. <laughs> Ken going, I mean, I mean, I think that's what's killing TV is lack of specificity. Yeah. Like you think that audiences don't watch it and they do. And it's just yeah. lazy. And yeah. so that, I think Dan Harmon taught me respect. You know, as a producer, you you respect people like you because there will be people that notice and and who cares if the if 10 don't that one Mm -hmm. does. And guess what? That one does. um, That will help determine if that one person watches that show again, you know, and and that's where Dan really more than anything. It's all about his passion. And may I pursue everything I do for the rest of my life, you know, in this business with the same or with half the passion that he does, because I think it's his passion that kept the show on the air for so long. And then having the fans really know that I've never Mm -hmm. been a part of anything like that either. And uh, I've been a part of global hits like the hangover where everybody knows me ubiquitously from there. This is a different this is a different, um, it's a different pattern recognition. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's there. It's almost like I've had the privilege of having kind of the, the macro aspects and the, and almost, almost like the, mm-hmm. I don't know, the micro aspects of fame, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's been, it's been very fascinating, but, um, but it's uh, a community represents that aspect that look, we're here. It's like literally eight years later talking about it. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. And that's the thing. You said something that I tell people all the time and that I was like, this is a show that treats its audience as smart. I mean, they yes. have, I would pause, I would like, I would pause my uh, viewings of episodes while I was writing reviews and zoom in and read the whiteboards because even the whiteboards had jokes going on and, and things like that. And there were things happening in the background. And I was like, you know, this isn't a show that dismisses its audience. And I think that that's what made it super special too, is like you, you treat the audience member as smart enough to get it. And like you said, if one person out of 10 gets it, it's worth it. Like, because, because that's how the show was. Um, but so as we're talking about the show and uh, and Chang, uh, what do you kind of miss most about the study group, about uh, those characters? Man, I, I just miss I just miss the people I miss. I just miss the um, I, I man, I, I just think Joel just texted me something right now. And I, I just I miss the hang. I really do. Mm-hmm. And the hours would be long. It'd be very long. And I don't know. We would just joke around so much between takes. I, I just miss – I've never had an experience where mm. I enjoy just hanging out. It's it's just – it's it's crazy. Like uh, – and then, and then on top of that, when the camera's on, 
the scripts are better than everybody else's, you know? It's so we're really spoiled. And, and we did know that going in. I mean, uh, I think that's the beauty of it too. Cause I remember mm. looking at, Danny one time after a table read, they did the Apollo 13 episode. Oh gosh, and I just rewatched it. It was a table read. <laughs> and I remember it was like the first 10 episodes of season two were mm-hmm. high concept after high concept after high concept. Mm-hmm. And, and I looked at Danny, I was like, I, 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 are we on like the, I remember asking him like, we're walk, we have a table read in one building and we go back to set the shoot the rest of the day. And I said, are we shooting the greatest show of all time right now? Cause it certainly feels like it. Like I can't, you know, there was just kind of, I remember I like on the, and I think, you know what I miss um, also are the table reads because mm. I first drafts of scripts are rarely good, you know? And yeah. I loved reading first drafts of community scripts and cause they were always good. They were just always ready to go. Um, being on Dr. Ken, cause I was guilty of writing, you know, I, I'd helped write a lot of these first drafts of the Dr. Ken scripts and they were painful. They would get good after <laughs> the rewrite. But when I would, you know, the, the, when I, when I was the assigned writer and write a draft, oh, I mean, okay, I got a couple of jokes in, but, uh, you know, I, it was, it was yeah. painful. All right. <laughs> it was very, very painful. And, uh, and uh, and no one laughing at the table read and everyone patting me on the back. We'll get there, buddy. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, no. That's, what, that's how most television works. <laughs> that's, oh. right, I'm serious. And that's how – that was never like that on Community. Hmm. It was like it, – it, it, Joel would actually say after table read, he goes – he would look at NBC and Sony. I swear to God, Joel would after a table – he goes, don't change a word. <laughs> that's what he would say. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple occasions. <laughs> multiple occasions i was talking with megan gans this week and we yeah we how did, literally how did that go it was like go? we could have like kept going for another hour or two um so and we just did literally one episode uh so we're, we'll have to do it again and megan i tell you megan was a, a savior of the show at dark times hmm. let me put it that way megan gans saved the show at its darkest and i don't i don't think we get through season four if it wasn't hmm. for megan you know, because she yeah. knew the tone and she just, ah, uh, she just, she, yeah. she, she, she was able to give some CPR, you know, mm-hmm. because, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know what Megan reminds me of? I'm a, my wife and I are big X-Files fans and, uh, mm-hmm. Vince Gilligan would mm-hmm. write some episodes that were, very distinct from the Chris Carter ones, you know? Mm. And so I saw Megan Gans is kind of like the Vince Gilligan. Yeah. You could tell it was a Megan Gans episode because it would be, yes, a, uh, you would be a, a documentary episode. It would be a bottle episode. Yep. It would be yep. something, it would be something high concept, but mm-hmm. it would be something a bit more introspective, you know? And, yeah. uh, and almost an introspective high concept episode. Yeah. Very and dialogue driven. Very dialogue driven, very character heavy. Yeah. Thank you for bringing up Hillary because she actually consulted on Dr. Ken for both the oh. seasons and to have Hillary in, in the room, um, it, we, uh, in between, we would just talk about community stuff all the time. And Hillary Winston is one of the best writers, period. She is a superstar. And again, her first drafts, uh, like the best drafts that we, the best first drafts that would happen. Oh my God. I just remembered. We also had, um, oh wow. Uh, 
we had Hillary Winston that first season and um, Chris McKenna, Chris McKenna's partner on all the Spider-Man movies. Eric, oh, Eric, uh, 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 yeah. Uh, Eric, Sum- wait, Summers? Eric Summers. No. I, Eric wrote my favorite episode of the first season on uh, Doctor. So it was funny because we were Sony. I was looking to hire as many Doctor Ken uh, community <laughs> writers to you know uh, behind the scenes. So having Hillary and Eric yeah. on the team and oh. um and Hillary, man, just I learned yeah. so much from writing from her. I Hillary, I've seen in the writers' room. She can just. You got what well, you interviewed her, right, Alex? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. Hillary. This is just coming from a fan. She, uh, breaking story, coming up with the the story is the hardest. It, it's harder. It, it's the hardest thing to do, and 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 they're like weeks in pre production devoted to breaking story. And Hillary, um, she can she can off the top of her head can come up with a very original take of a beginning, middle, and end mm. of a story just off the top of her head. And I'd look at yeah. my writing partner and our jaws would drop. I was like, are mm. you kidding me? This just mm. – and she, I, I tell her, again, Hillary, like Andrew Guest, you know, they – again, the early architects, you know. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. think um, they, they they gave the show its its architecture, its, its – yeah. It's it, you know they yeah. really they really built the wheels for that house because it was um, wow Hillary's writing yeah. is just so good. I mean so good. I, I mean like on, on, I can speak on Doctor Ken I'm just flashing back on Doctor Ken um, like a lot of times where the showrunner and I sometimes we get a first draft in it you just want you just want the beats there and I'll and then I'll I might add a couple of or 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 finesse or as a room we might finesse a couple of jokes and and get the story a little bit more precise and stuff like that. Hillary and Eric's um when they would submit their first draft their 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 writers draft we wouldn't change a word. I mean, it, and it wasn't a community bias thing. It was just acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Oh, if, if Hillary and Eric's writing it, we, I look at the showrunner. I looked at Mike Sykowitz. So like, oh, we can take the week off. If Hillary and Eric's, so that's good. We can, we can catch up on the other, <laughs> we can catch up on the editing of the other episode yeah. or just, uh, get some sleep this week. Yeah. So well, something yeah. interesting that uh, Hillary told me and, and Megan told me, Hillary said she loves being on the first one or two seasons of, of a show. She loves that, mm. that world building. And Megan says she loves coming in. Afterwards, and and then what's once something is is built and constructed, she really expands on it. So interesting to see how mm-hmm. they uh, help create the first two, three, four seasons of the show. Yeah, well, because Hillary Winston was the writer on the first episode of Community that got me hooked, which was Football Feminism and You. That was the episode where I literally was like, "Yep, this is I'm sticking with the show for like." For however long it's on, and then my my podcast editor, her favorite episode, one of her favorites of all time, is the politics of human sexuality, also in season one, and also Hillary Winston. And I think I don't know, she just has that way of you know when writers just have the way of understanding what makes every single character tick and make them funny, and just being able to zero in on that real quick. It was she was um, also was she uh, the the celebrity was it the pharmacology one was it the was she celebrity, celebrity I think pharmacology she, i just rewatched that i'm going since it's on netflix was, now i've uh, just started I, rewatching i love drugs it, i remember re- I re- yes yeah. oh my gosh yeah, that was hillary cuz i remember bringing that up to her um i remember bringing that up to her during dr ken i would ask her about like how she broke story on that you know cuz i just uh, cuz change just goes crazy yes 
<laughs> so great. Yeah, that's oh so my kids great. love it. That's that's that oh like, <laughs> my uh I just <laughs> I, I remember Donald and Gillian <laughs> and uh, Danny and Yvette were on the other side of the camera and uh, just for eyeline and uh, and uh, and I, I <laughs> they would I think when I go I'm gonna eat your dad's dog whatever the <laughs> thing and then <laughs> and then I said no way and I I don't and then I try to do. I tried to do like the worst British accent deliberately. I was like, I control your lives. <laughs> and I, di- I didn't do that on, they didn't use that on the take because I couldn't get it right. But I remember Gillian bursting out laughing. I go, I was trying to speak like John, John Hausman of the paper chase. That's a very deep cut reference. But I was like, I control your lives. And it was a very silly choice. And Gillian and Donald could not stop laughing. And I remember Donald was going, a really bad impression of me. I control your lives. How bizarre. Like, I remember he would just. <laughs> there was all these in jokes that are coming back to me now, man, that I haven't thought about in years. Oh, my God. Are Good there times. any characters or, um, or actors that you wish you would have gotten a little more time with on the show? I mean, uh, it sounds like Donald would have been one of them. Yeah, I never, I never think like that, you know, because yeah. uh, sometimes. Sometimes maybe it's out of my own insecurity, like because uh, a lot of people ask me, "Oh, we should work with so and so and so." So, like, well, I don't know. I, what if I screw up that scene? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I'm always like, um, I, 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 it's funny. Like there, there are times like I'd hang out on the set to watch Donald, or like if John Goodman was on set, I would mm-hmm. try to hang out later just to watch him, just before I go home. Mm-hmm. So I. And on movie sets, I'm the same way. If I mm. like, I work with Malkovich on a movie, and I, and and I just try to, I just hung out just to watch him on the on a monitor just to see how he does it. And uh, yeah, I, I just think I like to hang. It, you know, if yeah. if if another actor who I love and I'm a huge fan of gets to be on set, I feel like, oh great, I get that, I get that VIP access. I get to see how they, you know, mm. if anything, I'm looking for. You know, what move can I steal from that guy? You know, who I move <laughs> or, or how do I, how do I, how would that, how would that actor, if I read, you know, reading the script, how would that actor, how would that actor do, what, what's that actor's choice? My choice is this. And then, and then, oh my God, that's so much better than my thinking, you know? And, um, that's kind of, but we've had obviously the most amazing, we, I mean, we've had Brie Larson. We've had Oscar oh, winners. Gosh. We, uh, right? And, you know, we've had like, you know, Jack Black. We've had I, yeah. Nick Kroll, Mansukas. It was. I mean. I literally just did an episode of my podcast where I went through all like just notable guest stars. And I was like, this isn't even still all of them. I mean, we had Martin, like Martin Starr and you oh, guys, right. again, John Goodman, like just so many. How about like Tony Gale? Yeah, like you had Mitch Hurwitz, you know? Yeah. Mitch and Hurwitz. Vince, Vince Gilligan was an episode. And Vince Gilligan was yeah. on it. And by the way, Mitch Hurwitz, dude, give that guy a show as an actor. He is so funny. I was I was sharing, all my scenes were with him. Dude, that guy. Googler. That guy, yeah. he is an engine that could go. <laughs> it was just kind of like, yeah. I, everything he improvised, I was like, why, I, I kept telling him, you got to act more, man, because you're already way funnier than I'll ever be. And I was like, as I said, I would, after some takes, he would get applause for some crews. And I was like, I just would tell him, <laughs> um, it's just, I said, that's just not fair. You're not supposed to be funnier and 
smarter, you know, he's like another Donald and Jim, but that, but that show, you know, the thing about community didn't have any problems attracting amazing talent. You had Tim and Eric, you know, you had like, you know, in cameo roles. So on that same episode, it, I I do remember that was the beauty of being plugged in uh, on that show. You had access to just to the, just to the best talent, you know, I, I do remember that was the beauty of being plugged in. Uh, on that show, you had access to mm. just to the just to the best talent, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, even even uh, season one, uh, John Michael Higgins. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I can't I speak enough yeah. that guy. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually made a, a sixty-four person um, March Madness ch- uh, oh, bracket yeah. for uh, all of the guest stars. Like, and get out. And, yeah, because oh, I'm a God. nerd. I'll have to I'll have <laughs> to post amazing. it. You you have to look at it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was, uh, yeah. I don't know if anyone will ever. Who was in your actually, final four? Uh, I never finished it. Ooh. How oh, do you okay. yeah. sixty four? But I remember. Um, I think uh, Jack Black went up against um, Owen Wilson, like in the first bracket. I just oh, randomized I it. When you forget yeah. that Owen Wilson yeah. was also like, in that how episode. do you <laughs> choose between Jack Black and Owen Wilson? So you anyway, don't. That's the the fun of it. So I'll post it, and, yeah. and everyone can see it. It, it was. I mean, that was, a, yeah. and, and, and when you're talking about guest stars, you know. I just think of just notable, notable recurrings, you know, where you had, mm-hmm. you know, you had, um, yeah, you had Garrett, you had Leonard, rest in peace, Richard Erman. Yeah. And, Leonard. you know, you, you had Magnitude, yeah. you know, like one of the Charlie cool things Coons. was Charlie Coons, yes. Fat so Neil good. was amazing. I mean, honestly, I'd have to say yeah. on recent rewatches, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, uh, that does I it for me. I just it yesterday. Number one. I, 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 I think really, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's really up. Mm. I think it's yeah, top definitely top three or five for me. Because it, yep. it, it, I I really think it's uh, yeah. I really think it's the Dungeons Dragons has it all, and then mm-hmm. and a lot of it was on Charlie's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of it was on Charlie's yep. shoulders because yeah. he yeah. he was the main the, yeah focal point of that episode, and and Charlie and I have become lifelong friends after that because if i remember telling him like you know because you the episode does so well because you did so well and he i mean just coming in out of he and and i asked him did you i'd ask him at that time did you know you get called in to to do such a big episode and uh he goes no i i Mm -hmm. just got the call you know Mm -hmm. last week so and before he was just you know it maybe a couple lines in the background, you know, and mm-hmm. just yeah. to have this kind of thing yeah. being thrust, and then for him to hit a home run, yeah. I just felt like, yeah. wow, this is how special the show is. Where, yeah. yep. and then he got to go on to do like CSI, like a regular on C, and then like yep. Luke Youngblood who plays Magnitude, who went uh, on Gallivant, and I love that show. Oh my gosh, thank you! I love Gallivant yeah. so much. Not enough people talk about it. Not enough people talk about it, and <laughs> no, yeah, there so uh, like so so many people who have been on that show have have moved on to you know to great things and it's so cool that community has really launched everybody you know mm-hmm. in, in in every facet of our careers you know I, yeah. I think that's the i think that's the beauty of it too there was no such yeah. you know a friend of mine once said like on a judd apatow movie there's like no such thing as a as a small part on a judd mm-hmm. movie it's the same thing with community yeah you know you have the so much care is given and again, that specificity given to mm-hmm. to guest stars and to you know, 
I, I don't know. They're, they've just done so, yeah. so much love goes into every mm-hmm. bite of that cookie. You know, it's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Um, you kept saying magnitude and I resisted the urge to say pop pop. I just wanted <laughs> everyone to know that. I, di- I almost did, but I didn't. <laughs> oh, man. That, 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 uh, I, I recently rewatched that debate episode between magnitude oh and Leonard. I think that's up in next in my rewatch. I'm trying to like, go through and now i've hit season two i gotta um, tell jim the next time i see when well, he does the the vote meter you know <laughs> and, I, and he uh-huh. just got that i gotta go back and go ah, ah like the you know <laughs> ah, and then it's and then britta comes up so oh, it turns out there is a floor on this thing yes. but then you talk about that episode and you have you have eliza you have eliza coop as a guest star oh, in that right. episode too I, well, we shot happy endings that show yes. right next door oh gosh i love Oh, and I love, love, love that show. Me too. Love, love, love that, that show. It's an underrated show. I was rewatching this one. I was actually in the process of a rewatch of my yearly rewatch of Happy Endings, and then I was like, "Community's on Netflix," so I'm going to do both at the same time. Yeah, that, that, that was a lot of really... crossover love. Yeah, the Russos did Happy Endings. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover bunch, love. Yeah, I mean, Hillary, yeah, Hillary was both. on Happy Endings. I, Hillary went. Yeah, Happy I think they even did the Happy Endings pilot on the Community stage because we had just we had just wrapped our shooting. So we had wrapped in March and that's when they start shooting pilots in March. And so yeah. they, uh, so use that set to shoot the happy endings mm-hmm. pilot. So it was great. So I remember Joe and Anthony would go back and forth between happy endings and community. And mm-hmm. uh, I tell you, I can't speak enough great things about Joe. Cause he taught me, he taught me pace in lines and, and uh, happy endings would take that, you know how they would say the lines very fast, you know, like, yes, especially on yeah. that show. And I would text Joe. I was like, dude, that is all you. I, your fingerprints are all over that show, man. And he goes, and he'd say, yeah, is it too much? Like, I like to do impressions of Russo. Yeah, is it? I said, no, dude. That's what will make it distinguish it from community. Yeah. I said, make it fast. Make it lightning quick. It's So I was hooked on that show. And, yeah. um, well, and both shows, again, are just like so – the jokes are just so smart. Like, yeah. you know, both shows honor the audience and like, hey, you guys are – They'll still come back and, you know, the recurring gags that were on Community and, and all that, too. It's just – I love shows. I, like I read an article about Happy Endings once and said that someone – said that they're worried that uh, their in-jokes on set is so much, all the guest stars, you know, would always feel ostracized, you know? from mm-hmm. And uh, and, and, and uh, I remember telling Gillian and Danny, I was like, I think that's us, too. I think we – sometimes <laughs> when we're on the set, we just get – we just start doing these weird – I, deep cut quotes even to behind the, i mean even we have a text chain and we will like quote just stuff that only mm. maybe some crew will know behind the scenes that happened on a yeah. i remember there was a what can i share six season six the uh uh the the episode where uh the jeff and the dean are testing each other about the five cans of olives and yeah, the yeah. Mm-hmm. oh yeah yes, yes. yeah the Japanese kids are texting as Jeff yes and uh, sometimes they would do some takes where uh, Jim would actually say the words out loud to on Joel it, it's a technical thing but there was a mm-hmm. it, there was a world where Jim would say the lines that he was thinking and and he would say them out loud. And I remember, like, the whole gang, we would hang out and just watch Jim do his takes. And uh, and he goes, hi, uh, Dean, yo, you need to give me olives. How many? He goes, five cans. And then Jim, Jim did one take that was so rich that they didn't use it. They didn't end up using that take on the on the episode. 
But he went really loud. Five cans! It was so <laughs> loud. And we were, we were crying. I mean, for like the rest of season six, we'd go at the gym and go, five cans! <laughs> it's like so many in-jokes oh. that uh, that just like and, – and I'm sure if a guest star came on, they're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what is happening with these people? Yeah. I get. I feel like I get that sense by watching because, you know, obviously watch the blo- – I got to watch the bloopers too as a community oh. fan of just like the in-jokes that I can tell are recurring things with oh, the cast. Man. And it's just – it just seems like you guys had no fun at all and just hated uh, each other. I had a panic attack that season two blooper where I go the um son ha 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 the it was <laughs> it, there was something uh Gillian would be able to reference the episode, but uh there was one take where I was so bad we actually ended up not I don't think I ever got one right. So they ended up not using that footage <laughs> at all. And I wasted two hours. And it's on the blooper reel of uh, season two where it's during Shirley, the Shirley baby phase where I better, you know, don't talk about that, about my baby. I better, I better sing some Baroque music. And I never got to sing the Baroque song because I laughed throughout. And uh, yeah, it was, it was bad. Crew members were getting mad at me. It was not, that's not, you know, when you're, when you're on the clock. And, uh, I remember the line produce, the line producers are responsible for making sure that we finish on time. And he ended up being the line producer on Dr. Ken, Pat Kindlin. And, uh, Pat would always say, man, you, they're just, Daisy would show up. You know, I would just throw my hands up in the air because, uh, we're wasting money when you show up. (laughs) (laughs) Out of love, out of love. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think he was laughing at that time. Now he can. Now he can. Not back exactly. then. <laughs> well, why don't we uh, wrap up with some of our last few community yeah, questions? Yes, um, uh, what do you th- What do you think Chang is up to post season six finale? What do you think he's doing? Oh, there was a night. I remember we had a rap party for season six, and Jim and I were talking to Dan, and he was just saying this in t- total jest, and he had said, "What if we do a uh, oh." Maybe the Dean and Chang should just open up their home private investigation. <laughs> I don't know why we're, <laughs> we're just riffing and doing something. And I said, I said, I've, I've hung on to that concept since. And I'm like, maybe Chang is doing something with the Dean or he's still at the school. Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like at that bar, um, mm. at Britta's bar, you know, mm-hmm. where the gang is hanging out, I'd like to think everybody is still there. Mm. I do actually. I'd like to. Th- yeah. I'd hope. I'd like to think everybody is still because I think Greendale brought like Chang some stability at the end of the day. Which mm-hmm. there was really lovely kind of redemptive moments for Chang, mm-hmm. like when he got really famous with the ham girl and came back, and you know, so good, and and so good, and uh, you know. And I I used to always joke with uh well not even half joke to Chris McKenna. I think Chang just sh- I think if you put Chang on medication, then he could be more grounded. I would always mm-hmm. say that. Uh, and 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 there was a um there was a uh there was a moment where in the finale where Chang goes to he when they're proposing their season sevens. Mm-hmm. 
where Chang said, am I on meds on that? I'm so grounded. I'm so nor- relatable. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you know, because I remember, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it was because of me, but I do remember like, Oh, through the years, I would say, put Chang on medication. That's how you just reset them, you know? (laughs) 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 What do you think makes Community such a compelling show with such a rabid fan base still, even today, 10 years later? Uh, Dan Harmon. It's because of Dan. Um, Because we, and the reason why I say that, it sounds so, it sounds so, um, how do I say, safe to say that, but I was there when Dan Harmon wasn't there, all right? So I know it, if it wasn't for Dan, you know, you know, th- this would never exist. So I, I feel like, I honestly feel like all the parts are interchangeable at the end of the day. But I think Dan's, it's not only his heart and soul is in this, but at times his nervous system, you know, was in this show. And I think that, I think we, you know, we went up and down when, you know, when Dan was, when Dan was there, we're up when, when you had season four, when Dan wasn't there, it was a different show. And, you know, that's, I, I've experienced it. And I, and I felt like season five and six, I'm just so glad we did it even on a, just even on a, uh, karmic level, because like, I'm a big red hot chili peppers fan. And I remember, when they had Dave Navarro take over John Frusciante's place as the lead guitarist, it was okay. It was just a different, it's a different, different mm-hmm. sound. And that's how I feel about season four. And then they got Frusciante back and they didn't miss a beat. And then I love later Chili Peppers songs that I did with the early years. And in fact, there was an evolution. There was an, there was a, there was a maturation of it. And I felt like in, you know, the first three seasons, that was kind of like the, in chili peppers terms, that was like the under the bridge, give it away years. And then, (laughs) and then, uh, (laughs) and then season five and six, that was a scar tissue years. (laughs) That's a great song. Yeah. And so I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like we really got to live. We got to, we, we, I'm just so glad he came back just so we could experience that. Mm. We could, I, I just needed the taste again, you know? And, and I'm so glad we got that extra season on season six out of it because, you know, it, it, it's just, um, it's just important for the soul, you know? It, 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 so it, that's why I think community has really lasted because, Every blood, sweat, and tear, man, is on that frame, you know? Every single sacrifice, every single moment of of intensity is just there, you know? And and we we know and still know that we're onto something special. And uh, that's why the gang is all together, you know? That's why we still hang out and that's why we still talk to each other and uh, – you know, when, I'm sure you heard about my story on the on the uh, about Vulture Fest, and that <laughs> the was Vulture Fest, yeah. It was emotional, man. It was emotional yeah. when Donald came back at that dinner. It was just, uh, it was emotional, and it was uh, really ah. I tell you, you know, it, it was just that was the first time we'd all been together in that you know in one room in a long, long time, and that was just 
gorgeous. And, and I think it really, it's just moments like that you live for, you know, it really is. Yeah. Really is. I think it's, oh. I think it's time to ask, can you tell us anything about the movie? I don't know anything. <laughs> I can, I can safely, I can safely look you into the eye and say, I don't know anything. Right. And like, I, I really don't. Uh. And, you know, I am, let me put it this way. Like, I remember on the Yahoo year when Community was canceled, like season five, uh, we, we, I didn't get notified that we we're even coming back to production until the day my contract was supposed to expire. So when people, when you talk to actors, when they read, oh, I just read on deadline, my show was canceled. Mm. That's true. Mm. So maybe some actors got, maybe some actors know ahead of time. Maybe some don't. Maybe some get some gossip. Sometimes that's unreliable. Sometimes a studio, um, I'm, I'm only talking about Dr. Ken. Sometimes a studio will be, oh, we got whispers. We're coming back. And then, you know, there's a lot of back and forth that on Dr. Ken that I was privy to, you know, but like, I remember on, uh, I remember vividly cause I was look, I was looking for other work in 2014 after community got canceled and I had, uh, I had a very clean slate on my calendar. I had nothing to do. <laughs> and then I get a call from my manager, my lawyer, and they're like, Oh, Hey Ken, Sony just exercised the option to, uh, um, uh, to, uh, uh, up your, uh, pick up your contract for another year because we're going to do it on Yahoo. So I got my notification wow. June 30th, 2014 at noon. And my contract was set to expire at 5 PM. So I remember that vividly. <laughs> and that's, that's when I knew. And it really is, you know, you know, that, that, that really is how this business works. And, uh, someone said, I think it might have been Joel. I don't believe anything. Oh, he said that about community. He said, mm. I don't believe anything until I show up on set. Because as actors, mm. oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I did a pilot for CBS last year that was, I was certain was going to go. Yeah. And it didn't. You just don't know. It, 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 this business, you, and that's what I talked about on the podcast with Joel. Like, you just don't know once mm -hmm. it's, uh, it, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter what the, you know, what the noise says, you know, it's just mm -hmm. until, you know, you know that, that, mm -hmm. and I, and that, that's the best way to, if, uh, that's the best <laughs> way to approach show business. Cause, um, yeah. you know, I've had, uh, I've had, I've had my, my, my greatest moments and triumphs come out of surprises like that when community got renewed, for example, <laughs> or when the hangover hit or when the mass singer hit. And yeah. then <laughs> I've had my heart broken by stuff I knew that would go. And that didn't, you just, mm. uh, there's so many, and there's more of those stories than not. So it really is kind of, uh, it's a, uh, it's a weird business, man. It's a weird yeah. business. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your answer. Thanks. Oh, no problem. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Ken. We really appreciate your time and your stories. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who are really excited to hear more about Chang as a character. And we just want to give another shout out to the Darkest Timeline podcast with you and Joel McHale. And uh, also the Masked Singer. Guys, go check this out. Uh, it's a great show. And thanks again, Ken. Hopefully we'll do this again sometime soon. Absolutely, man. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you guys both. All right.